This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufal, Stephen Maresca, and Matt Fusaro. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufal. Joining me today, as always, Matt Fusaro and Steve Maresca. Hey, everyone. Hey there. So we spend a lot of time talking about or talking with people about uh, secure password management, credential management, et cetera. Um, whenever I do a security awareness presentation, the question I get 100% of the time, I, really every single time is, how do we know that the password manager that you're recommending us to use is more secure than writing something down on paper, putting it in an Excel spreadsheet, right? Just remembering one password for everything. Uh, I'd usually feel like I've got a pretty defensible position when I'm talking with people, uh, except we have recently had another LastPass security incident, right? And, and for those of for those of you who may not be familiar, LastPass is one of the more popular password managers uh, that are out there. Uh, we use it; we recommend it regularly. Um, I think today's discussion really is: what's the impact the to folks who use LastPass? Uh, you know, do do we change our position at all uh, re- related to password managers? You know, are we going to tell people not to use them? Um, what is the incident? Uh, that's probably a, a good place to start. You know, what what actually what happened to LastPass this time? Because it isn't the first time, uh, and is there a reason for concern? So you know, just for some background, uh, other password managers that are common out there are Dashlane, KeePass, Keeper, One Password. Definitely not a notebook hidden under a bed uh, <laughs> or a Post-it note under a keyboard. Uh, but you know, they, they all do the same thing. You may have heard of them, you may have been told to use them. Please, please use them. Uh, but ultimately, LastPass has been around since, what, 2010 Yeah, give it a take. Certainly 10 years. Yeah. around there. So long, long tenure. Lots of people use it. Um, it's hard to move away from a password management platform once you've started using it. So, you know, people may be long-term users of any of those platforms. But that means that the breaches, the incidents actually matter more. I think the main underpinning is that all of them are designed to be tolerant of security incidents. Yeah. So I think that's what's so hard about this is it's really hard to describe to people why it's not a problem if these places have breaches, right? Um, I mean, certainly some types of breaches might uh, expose the the master passwords and something uh, stuff like that, depending on how that stuff has been stored. But if they do this correctly, which it appears LastPass has has done that, and most of the popular ones do it, uh, your your master password, that one that they ask for when you log into it, um, that's usually not stored anywhere where you're they're going to be able to access it. And because of the way it operates, without that, even if an attacker stole the whole database of keys, they would never be able to get into it without that. Right, it would take an extreme amount of compute power to get to any of that. But it's hard to describe that to someone who doesn't understand cryptography or doesn't understand right. how a password manager would actually work, right? And that's why I think you get a lot of skepticism there. So in the past, LastPass, they had a uh, an incident maybe in 2021 where the credential database was stolen, and there was no impact there, right? Because it was it was properly encrypted and and to your point, accessible. Each vault was individually accessible only via the master password. So as long as they didn't have that, that was it was an incident, but a non-impactful incident. And in this case, uh, it was, if I recall, it was a source code 
disclosure, right? A source code. Source code. Yeah, it, it, one of their developers had their credentials compromised, and that led to source code disclosure. That led to you know internal documentation leaks. So you know, arguably, you know, any layperson would think, oh well, they have the keys to the kingdom now, um, and that it does sound that way. But when we're talking about computer programs in general and math to be more right. general about it, having a formula doesn't inherently in, in and of itself give you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And th th that wildly oversimplified statement is why at the end of the day, properly built systems like this can withstand attack. Well, um, and, not, and not only, you know, just having the formula not give you the answer, there a lot of commercial tools utilize open source components, right? So software that's freely available for review, scrutiny, et cetera, they're utilizing that. So it, the, the idea that LastPass is a commercial company, it's not like they only have their own purely proprietary, you know, internally developed code. You know, I, so I think we need to, we need to be a little less concerned about that piece probably. Yeah. Things that would bother me about a breach like this, especially if source code gets, gets leaked is, you know, there, there may be vulnerabilities discovered that would cause you know a drive-by download of a of a person's computer. So you individually, if you don't have your computer patched or you don't have the latest version of LastPass or one whatever it might be that's gotten breached, there may be a vulnerability that can be exploited locally, right? So you know you go to a malicious site, they may be able to get into your password manager because they've found a vulnerability through source code they stole, right? But I mean, we have to remember we're talking about you know. Yeah, we talk about risk all the time, right? You're reducing your risk by having different passwords all over the place. You can't remember them yourself, right? That's why we use a password manager, right? The, you're inherently making yourself less risky. Things like this, sure, they can still happen, right? If you want to really mitigate that, then you know, start looking at uh, something like KeyPass, which is you know, local-only password manager, but you give up your convenience, right? You have to remember that. Right, and you know, the same sort of... Um source code access that you're talking about with it, th this example in particular may still affect something like KeyPass with a local-only right. database of credentials. Uh, some pa some notable past incidents have involved, you know, targeting the browser plugins, uh, extensions for password um, vaults. And if you can interact with that and pretend to be a website, you may be able to trick it into supplying a credential. All of those routes are possible, right? What I'm concerned about in terms of messaging is essentially reassurance that merely having a breach of a provider of a platform like this doesn't inherently mean that everything's lost. Right. And that has to do with the way that cryptographically the data is defended, whether it's locally stored or housed in some sort of a, a third-party location. You can only ever access the decrypted password to supply to a site by supplying multiple components of data into a, an algorithm very carefully constructed to be challenging to right. perform at scale. And that's how the data is kept safe. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. That That's the most important thing. So step back a second. You used the word reassurance a minute ago. I, I think that's what LastPass has done so well here. Uh, mm -hmm. it actually, in, in at least the last couple of incidents that they've had, right, they're very transparent. They're quick to communicate. I think they're they're clear in what happened. Fortunately for them, right? I don't think either event was significantly impactful to its to its client base, right? But 
they did tell you about it. They didn't, there was no one month lag before yeah. you got any information, right? And that, because that immediately makes people feel like, well, you know, I may have been at risk for a period of time. You gave me no choice. They didn't do that. They're very quick to communicate. I think that they handle that incident response piece of of this, the communication part, really well. And they are known um, in the past incidents as well as working quite well with security researchers and actually being collaborative about it, saying, hey, no, help us improve our product because that, to the point of transparency, does nothing more than improve outcomes for everybody. Other platforms are just as uh, worthy of uh, merit here, uh, worthy of um, some sort of a nod. Keeper is a great one. They have everything about their platform in the open. Uh, reports from third parties certifying their their practices, policies, procedures. Um, it's all available to download. Some vendors have that information only of you know disclosed under NDA. That's not the case for these uh, password keepers. And generally speaking, that's it's inherent with delivering trust or fostering trust. Yeah, I think that was a big concern too when, um, you know, specifically for LastPass, when LogMeIn bought them. Uh, I, w- I want to say, what was that, three years ago or so? Yeah, at least. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's nice to see that they've kind of kept with that, that whole ideal of being transparent. So it sounds like, you know, at least neither of you are recommending a, a move away from LastPass <laughs> or maybe you know, password managers in general, right? I mean, it's, I, there's, there's, no re- there, there's no reason to think that this approach that we've used now for the better part of 10 years uh, is any less secure with you know, the incidents that occur. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's kind of strengthened the position of LastPass, right? Where they obviously they know how to handle a breach and that the breaches that have happened to them, they've properly separated duties so that if something like this happens, they, they're protecting data pretty well. Right. right? So I, th- I think while it's unfortunate it happened, it does show that they can handle these things. These are really high value targets for right. an attacker. So it's not like this isn't going to happen again. And I'm sure one of the other ones will be next, right? Or, or LastPass again, who knows? But it, you know, knowing that they, they know how to deal with this and that they're uh, padded from information being stolen is good. And, and I, just for those who are interested in, in why this is the case, uh, structurally, these tools try to separate some of the cryptographic computations to both be server-side and client-side, whether it's your phone or your browser. And what that means is that the, the complete secret is only accessible if both sides of that equation are completed. Right. Um, those who use uh, most of these platforms know that you know the browsers, for example, are really aggressively validated as being you know attached to you with multi-factor or something to that effect, having secondary protections in addition to master passwords. Um, there might be a huge number of cryptographic rounds to protect a plain text password on the server, but there is a similar level that also occurs in the browser. Right. And they're deliberately slow, which means that even if an adversary has both sides of that exchange, it's prohibitively uh, computationally intensive to compute anything in a reasonable fashion. So certainly one of the takeaways that I want from today's podcast for anybody who's on the fence about whether or not to use a password manager, uh, frankly, for anybody who has uh, you know, non-unique credentials for any you know, website or business that they interact with, it, it, it still is in everybody's best interest to get on the path, make sure you've got unique credentials for every site, and really to store them in a password manager. I think it's the one, 
is one of the one of the few security tools that I think truly marries security and convenience, right? More often than not, we're in the, we're in discussions around, well, implement this security control, and by the way, it's going to make your job a little bit more cumbersome. These simply make your lives easier. Their their plugins make it easier to create these complex passwords you need. It makes it easier to input uh, username and passwords into fields in browsers. Certainly, to your point, Matt, it makes it accessible on you know PCs and phones and right. you know any variety of location. They just make your life <laughs> they make your life better. Yeah. Uh, and and I think properly managed with what LastPass is, uh, I think the security risks are, are incredibly low. Um, so on that note, I think the good the good news is an incident doesn't discourage us from using them. Uh, I think LastPass certainly handled it properly. Um, no reason to start even considering moving away from this. Yeah, and I, I'd say if if there's an incident with a particular platform you're considering and they came out of it appropriately, it does nothing, in my opinion, but strengthen that platform as a reasonable choice. Right. Um, you know, it, it occurs to me before we adjourn, there's one, there is one thing that I want to ask that you guys. Every time that we do a security awareness presentation, we talk about password managers, there's always the comparison of, do I need a password manager if I use my browser, Google, uh, to save my credentials? Right? It always asks to save credentials. So I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as a browser so helping you create a password or saving credentials in comparison to a password manager. Because that, that is something I think that's on people's minds a lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is convenience. Like some of them don't sync. You know, if they synchronize, so when I say synchronize, I mean, you know, you, you go to your phone, you go to, you know, another computer you know, or something like that. Sometimes they don't. A lot of them do now. I, th- I think both Chrome, Firefox, maybe even Edge or whatever they're calling yeah, maybe Edge. Is it it yeah. is Edge, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, think they, I think they all have that now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just usability. Most of the time, they're just storing, you know, using some passwords, sometimes credit card numbers as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. It uh, is usually limited, limited yeah. purely to credentials, right? Rather than you can store social security numbers and last pass Notes. and yeah, credit cards yeah. and everything, right? Yep. Yeah, so it's a little bit of that. But, you know, generally speaking, if I had to pick, it's a reasonable middle ground choice. Yep. Um, it certainly improves the speed. It improves the complexity of passwords and removes the psychological barrier to pursuing unique passwords. Right. So, right. Which is the important part. Right. Net gain. Okay. Well, on that note, that, that's your tidbit of the day uh, from the CyberSound podcast. Uh, as always, we're happy that people joined today. We hope you got some value out of this. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to get in touch at Vancord on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Vancord Security. And remember, stay vigilant, stay resilient. This has been CyberSound. <laughs>